Hey everyone, welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit. As always, I'm the host of the podcast and the manager of BT Powerhouse. Coming to you live here on early Friday morning. Uh, it's Big Ten Tournament Week. As I mentioned on our, our last podcast, we're going to be doing these daily here through the Big Ten Tournament. Hopefully we can do the same next week, starting with the NCAA Tournament. I have to see, of course, sort of how the schedule develops. But... Um, briefly want to hit on what happened yesterday in the Big Ten Tournament and then briefly look ahead to Friday. Already went through a, a lot of the general Friday stuff on a podcast earlier this week, which you can check out. Um, it not only dealt with the Big Ten Tournament, but also the Big Ten postseason awards and the end of the regular season. So uh, definitely check that out if you're looking for some bigger picture Big Ten Tournament stuff. Today is only going to be dedicated to today and tomorrow not going to be talking much bracketology stuff like that either for the most part but uh so let's let's dive right into it um thursday four games for the big 10 all four were were pretty fun uh the the last one of the evening illinois and iowa ended up not being quite as much of a thriller but we start with indiana ohio state what many had circled as arguably the most intriguing game of the entire Big Ten tournament, or at least what we could see on paper, uh, because Indiana-Ohio State came into the game both sitting squarely on the bubble, according to basically every bracketologist, according to Joe Lenardi, which, I've, as I've said on this podcast, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, but according to Joe Lenardi, he had... Earlier this week, Ohio State, the last team in the NCAA tournament, Indiana, the first team out. So you kind of get a picture of how big of a game this was coming into it. Early on, Ohio State is able to pull ahead, and, and the big news that we had before tip-off was Caleb Wesson would be playing. He missed the last couple of games for Ohio State due to a suspension. Frankly, he's, he's easily the best player on Ohio State's team. He really has a huge impact um, on the team's offense and really their flow on both sides of the floor. So big news coming in um, into the, the Thursday matchup against Indiana. Uh, but early on, Caleb Wesson, key factor in, in pushing the Buckeyes ahead. They're able to maintain that uh, into the second half. And really, you know, Romeo Langford... Juwan Morgan didn't have the best games. They were very quiet early on. I think one point deep, deep into the game, they had like a combined nine points or something. Uh, not not a great performance for those two for, for much of the game. But as we sort of close in on that five-minute mark or so in the second half, Indiana really starts racing back into the game. I think they had like a... 10 nothing run some something of that nature but really start racing back into the game they start cutting the lead cutting the lead cutting the lead um and obviously ohio state fans start sweating whether it's on twitter whether it's in the arena um it looks like it might be one of the the bigger collapse in recent big 10 tournament history but ohio state's able to hold off the hoosiers as the game ends they get the win uh, for Ohio State, obviously a, a huge win. The team had kind of been in free fall for the last couple of weeks. It looked like uh, Ohio State men may end up wasting what I believe was like a 12-1 and 
two start to the season. Uh, obviously, a, a really great start overall, and it looked like they may end up missing the tournament, which would be wild considering how well they did in non-conference play and the start of Big Ten play. But they get the win. For the moment, they're on the right side of the bubble. Obviously, that's all contingent on what happens in other mid-majors, what happens in other uh, major conference tournaments, what do the other bubble teams do. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, but it seems like Ohio State's on the right side of the bubble for the time being. Uh, Ohio State will now move on to play Michigan State. And for those listening to the podcast, what I want to do is sort of move from each game into the corresponding Friday game. So we'll be working from early to the late games. Uh, But on the other side of that, before I get to Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana falls short. Really a a disappointing finish to the season. The Hoosiers have just been an absolute bizarre team for much of the season. I think you can correspond some of the, shall we call them, hiccups, with some injuries to, you know, Rob Finnessy. Um, I believe Davis was banged up there for a little bit, but you can, you know, cor- correlate some of those struggles. You know, Finnessy goes out, they start losing, etc. But, you know, the team has an awesome performance in non conference play. They look pretty good to start out Big Ten play, actually, and then just collapse down the stretch. But right when it looks like all is lost, they reel off four huge wins, including, including excuse me, wins against Wisconsin and Michigan State. Uh, they have a four-game winning streak heading into Big Ten play. They're back on the bubble at this point, and now they fall short against Ohio State. To be honest, uh, I don't think it's going to be no- enough. I think Indiana will miss the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think they will get an NIT bid most likely. Again, for those who don't follow the NIT bracketology as much, there are auto bids there as well. So it, it's kind of it, this is all a moving picture right now um, because there's still so much out there that that has yet to happen. But I think Indiana is going to come up short on Selection Sunday. I just don't think they have enough on the resume this year. Um, just too many losses. You know, they have some really, really good wins, you know, top-end wins. Two over Michigan State. I mean, that's about as good as you're going to get. Um, but just too many losses uh, to me to get in. But we'll see. Crazy things happen sometimes on Selection Sunday. Um, and we'll we'll talk some more big-picture stuff in the offseason as far as, you know, where Indiana might be heading, um, what may happen with some of those potential NBA prospects, etc. But for now, disappointing finish. I think they're going to fall short of the NCAA tournament. On Friday, uh, obviously Ohio State advances. They're going to play the Spartans uh, in the first game on Friday afternoon. I like Michigan State in this game. However, uh, as we noted in, in some of our articles this week on BT Powerhouse, uh, first off, Michigan State has been vulnerable this year. They've lost. They lost to Illinois. They lost twice to Indiana. Um, they have played some down to some opponents this season. So I I don't think that is necessarily a lock. Moreover, despite Ohio State actually losing the regular season series to Michigan State, you know, they got swept. 
those games were actually competitive into the second half and and really deep into the second half uh, in the first one. Um, Michigan State just pulled away in the closing minutes. You know, that second matchup in East Lansing, Ohio State looked like they might be able to steal the win, but Michigan State's defense just really tightened down um, in the closing minutes, and they were able to get the win. So uh, key matchup's going to be up front. You know, will Nick Ward be back for the Spartans? Most expect that he will. How will he play against Caleb Wesson? I think both of them are relatively similar players, to be honest. So that should be a fun matchup. I, I think Michigan State will advance. And for Ohio State, um, if they win, they beat Michigan State, I think they're a lock for the NCAA tournament. If they lose, I think they are likely to make the field, but not a guarantee. Uh, so they'll they'll be in that bubble range, sweating a little bit on Sunday, but probably going to make it. So moving on to the the second game on Thursday afternoon, it was Maryland against Nebraska. Nebraska had won on Wednesday against Rutgers to advance to play the Terps. Maryland came into the the game really hoping to turn the corner. I know we talked about this on yesterday's podcast, but Maryland was really hoping to, uh, you know, sort of put some of those uh, past struggles to bed. Does not happen. Nebraska comes out swinging. Johnny Trueblood has a, a nice game. Palmer has a nice game. And Maryland just, I don't know uh, specifically what, their offensive philosophy is in in late game situations but they really just did not use Bruno Fernando for large segments of yesterday's game which was a real surprise Uh, and the Terps end up falling short as a result. For Maryland disappointing loss you know I think this is three years in a row now where Maryland has lost its opening Big Ten tournament game and considering that I believe they were favored if not right there in all of those games that's that's a pretty disappointing record I I said this to someone last night but I was like whatever they're doing for prep for the Big Ten tournament uh change it up you know do something different I don't know if you get there at 11 a.m get there at noon or something because Maryland is just really underperforming in the Big Ten tournaments the last couple of years I mean as I talked about on yesterday's podcast I think the team that plays the day before has an inherent advantage over the team that's coming in cold but you know Nebraska had a really short bench only six scholarship guys were playing, and that's a, that's a game that Maryland should win. They they should simply just be better than Nebraska and able to pick up a win in a key matchup in March. But Terps do fall short. They will now have to await their fate on Selection Sunday. Maryland will make it. I think they're an absolute lock for the tournament. Seeding situation, we'll have to see how much they're punished for this Nebraska loss, how much they're punished for a couple of the losses the last couple of weeks. But Maryland, I, I think they're a, still a dangerous team in in March. I abs- I said this earlier this week. I think Maryland is arguably the most talented team in the entire Big Ten right now. So I think they're fully capable of making it to the second weekend. But as we saw on Thursday, they are also totally capable of losing in the first game. So we'll see. They'll be interesting to follow. For Nebraska, Tim Miles remains on the hot seat. I think few thought they would actually make it here to Friday. Um, I laid out a case earlier this week why I thought Nebraska could, but I certainly did not expect it. I thought Maryland would be able to handle the the Cornhuskers on Thursday, but Nebraska grabs the win. They now advance to Friday where they are going to face off against Wisconsin. You know, 
this game in a lot of ways is similar to the Maryland one. Uh, the Badgers are a better team. You know, they have more talent. They have a way better record. Um, they're deeper. They have more experience. I mean, you can go in any category, and I don't think Nebraska's going to come out on top. Uh, you know, Ethan Happ will be the best player on either team coming into this game. But, you know, Nebraska is confident right now. They've won two in a row. They just upset Maryland. They're playing well. They're confident. They're comfortable with the floor. Wisconsin's coming into this cold. I think the difference in this game, though, uh, as opposed to the Maryland game, is this is now the third game Nebraska will have played in three days. I think the third game is a difference because that's when fatigue's going to matter. The jump shot's probably going to be affected. Um, I know I talked about this in years past, but if you're if you're a big jump shooting team, you're not a physical, you know, low post type of team. These tournaments back to back to back to back don't really favor you as much because you you lose a little on that jump shot. Uh, you're a little bit flatter. So this is a game where I expect Nebraska, particularly in the second half, is going to feel that. So it's going to be key for Nebraska to figure out a way to get inside, figure out a way to score without relying too much on a jump shot, which is going to be tough. Wisconsin's a really good defensive team. Um, but moreover, Nebraska has to have a good first half. They have to be in the game because if they're not, I think a comeback is going to be too much against the Badgers in the second half. Wisconsin's defense is too good. They're going to be too tired. Um, so that's that's kind of my perspective on this game. I think Wisconsin will advance. You know, the Badgers have been vulnerable this year. They've lost to Indiana. They lost to Western Kentucky earlier in the season. You know, this is not some unbeatable force that Nebraska is playing on Friday afternoon. Nebraska is capable of winning this game. You know, Maryland and Wisconsin in a lot of ways are virtually identical in a lot of those advanced stats. You know, very close at least. Uh, the Badgers have an edge on Ken Palm, but it's not massive. And... Uh, Nebraska beat Maryland. So, I mean, you have to think they have a shot. But I like Wisconsin here, but who knows? You know, March is crazy. <laughs> Moving into the evening pair of games, the f- the first one was Minnesota against Penn State. We talked about this on the podcast. Penn State had been playing so, so well uh, over the last month of the season. Nittany Lions had a lot of momentum. They were playing like a top-10 team. Minnesota, meanwhile, had been pretty inconsistent, but had a lot riding on this game. Most thought, including myself, that the Gophers were likely to make the NCAA tournament regardless of what happened in Chicago, but needed a win to really feel confident going into Selection Sunday. So a lot riding on the line. All told, the, the game's very competitive. Mir Coffey plays really well. Lamar Stevens, you know, got his... Goes to overtime. Minnesota's able to just pull away ever so slightly, grab the win over Penn State. Uh, this will, you know, I'll start with Penn State. This will end Penn State's season. They're under 500 overall. They have no shot at the NIT. They have no shot at the NCAAs. Penn State has already announced that Pat Chambers will be back next season, so the hot seat talk is at least dead for the moment. Um, looks like he will get at least one more go-around, shall we say, at, at Penn State. As I've said for, for months on this podcast, frankly, I, I think Pat Chambers has had his run, he's had his shot, and Penn State should turn the corner. But 
this is the decision they made. They've made this several times in the past where you thought uh, this would be the end of the line for him, but he was given another shot. So Pat Chambers will remain at Penn State. Uh, they are losing uh, a couple guys in the offseason, but not not a ton. Josh Reeves will be gone, but Lamar Stevens could be back. We'll have to see how things play out in the offseason. But they they have certainly trended up over the course of the last month of the season, but whether that carries over to next year is a total unknown. Uh, don't listen to anyone who says, you know, that's going to carry over to next year, and they know it for sure because, you know, Penn State ended up finishing, I think, in the top 25 on Ken Palm last year because they won the NIT, and obviously that did not carry over to this season. So we'll see. Uh, as I said, we'll get more into the offseason stuff in the offseason. Um, Penn State disappointing loss. Many thought the Nittany Lions could be a wild card sitting there against Purdue, but they fall short. For Minnesota, big win, no doubt about it. They are, in my books, basically a lock for the NCAA tournament at this point. I think they're going to get in relatively easily. Don't think they're gonna. it's going to be that close. They also will now move on to play Purdue on Friday. This this is an absolute game that Minnesota can win. And why do I say that? Well, because Minnesota already beat Purdue. <laughs> In fact, basically less than two weeks ago, Minnesota um, scored a key win against Purdue. So you have to think, yes, Minnesota has a shot in this game. Why? Because they've already done it. So for Purdue, they're coming in cold. I think Minnesota will have the advantage in the first half. They'll be warmed up. They'll be ready. They'll be comfortable with the court. The The key to the game is going to be uh, a lot of those role players. You know, Coffee and Edwards will probably get theirs. But how, do, how does Ryan Klein perform? You know, how do some of these other guys, you know, what can Jordan Murphy do on the boards? He's obviously a monster there. Can Purdue slow him down with the, you know, Harms um, or Williams? We'll have to see. I have to say, you know, I like Purdue in the game. Um, I know that's a, a relatively safe pick, quote-unquote. But as I said, I mean, Minnesota literally just beat Purdue. They played them very tough in West Lafayette, too. You know, Purdue won the first matchup, but by no means was that game a blowout. So I think you have two teams that are relatively even in terms of matchups. I think it's going to come down to the last five minutes or so, and we'll see who has enough, who stays out of foul trouble, who can hit their free throws, uh, the typical stuff you look for in a close game. But I'm excited about what uh, there is to see here on on Friday between these two, but I anticipate that it's going to be a, a very tight game um, from both sides. Moving on to the, the last one here. Iowa against Illinois. Um, Illinois came in having just beaten Northwestern on Wednesday night. A lot of people thought this was a game that Illinois could win. I know I said yesterday I thought Illinois would win this game and pull off the upset. And there were really two reasons for that. The first is uh, because Illinois, first off, had, had just won. They had shown sort of an uptick over the last couple of months of the the regular season. And the other one was that Iowa was really reeling coming into the Big Ten tournament. I want to say they had lost four straight, five of six, something like that. 
really hadn't performed all that well over the last couple of months of the season. Um, so the the question was, is, you know, you have one team that looks like they're trending up a little bit, another that clearly trending in the wrong direction. What would, would break on Thursday night? But Iowa ends up, you know, it's a competitive game early on, but they're able to pull away. They're able to get the win um, and move on. For Illinois, like Penn State, this is the end of the line. They're under 500. They're not going to the NIT. They're not going to the NCAA tournament. Um, that That is over. But I think Brad Underwood showed a lot of fight out of this team that was very young, very inexperienced. I thought the Illini really trended up over the course of the the regular season. They scored a, another win against Northwestern in the postseason. And the other thing about Illinois is that they lost just so many games by tight margins. I mean, if you look back, so many of these games, they're in a position where they can win the game with five minutes left, and they just fall short. So I, I really think Illinois is one of those teams where, uh, and I, as I mentioned, we'll talk about the offseason and the offseason, but Illinois is one of those teams where, you know, if they're, if, if they're a six on a 10 scale, so to speak, if they can just bump up, you know, to the, a seven, something like that, just a marginal bump. You know, if they increase their point differential by five points or six points or something like that, they're going to be right there for the tournament, if not more than that. So I, I think Illinois is a team to watch in the offseason. They have some NBA decisions that we'll have to watch here. Um, well, I should say professional NBA decisions here they're going to have to watch. But disappointing loss for the Illini, and they head home. Um, for Iowa, Nice win. You bounce back. You beat a team that had just won the day before. The Hawkeyes will now move on to play Michigan. There was also a little talk that, you know, Iowa could be in a little jeopardy for the NCAA tournament, given some of the team's recent struggles. I think that's over. It's fair to say, you know, they beat Illinois. They'll now face Michigan on Friday. Losing to Michigan won't hurt their resume at all. Um, Well, it will, but won't hurt it significantly. Uh, it won't be a bad loss by any stretch if they do end up dropping to the Wolverines. And the win over Illinois should be enough to add it to the resume that Hawkeye fans can breathe a sigh of relief. You're getting in on Selection Sunday. As far as the matchup on Friday night, Iowa, I think, matches up relatively well against Michigan, to be honest. Um, I think some of their weaknesses, Michigan is not great at exposing. Iowa also rolls with a lot of that zone defense, which Michigan's not an elite shooting team. They got a couple of guys that can shoot, but not, you know, powerhouse. There's no Nick Stauskas. There's no Duncan Robinson anymore on this team. Uh, The shooting is much more inconsistent for the Wolverines. So I think they match up relatively well. With that said, like some of these other, um, and I should note as well, like the Minnesota-Purdue game, Iowa already beat Michigan in the regular season, so you know the Hawkeyes are totally capable of grabbing this win. But with that said, much like that Purdue-Minnesota game, we know Michigan is a better team than Iowa. They're better overall, and despite the fact that the Wolverines have struggled against the Spartans recently, Michigan certainly finished the season, the regular season, much better than Iowa did, with a lot more momentum, uh, a lot more good feelings, so to speak. And for an example, um, you know, Michigan played Nebraska uh, in the final two weeks of the regular season, blew them off the floor. I mean, the game was over by halftime. Meanwhile, Iowa lost to them on Sunday night. So you get the sense, you know, one of these teams really had some some good things going for the most part at the end of the regular season. One did not, but. 
Iowa's got to be feeling confident. They just beat Illinois. So this is going to be a fun one. I Personally, I, I think Iowa could be in good position to get the upset here. But, you know, Michigan is is the better overall team. And we'll have to see what they come out with. You know, how do the Wolverines bounce back from the Michigan State loss? I, I don't want to necessarily say this because I'm not sure and I don't have my notes in front of me. But I'm not sure Michigan has lost consecutive games this season. And I'm not sure they've lost consecutive games dating back for... Uh, maybe almost a year, if not more, because they won last year's Big Ten tournament. They won the NCAA tournament. So it could be a long time going back. Um, again, I'm not 100% sure on that just because I don't have it in front of me. But uh, So that that's something to keep in mind, too, as we move here. Michigan obviously lost Saturday night against Michigan State on the road. But should be a fun slate of games. As I said, I uh, um, well, I guess the the Friday game, I, I kind of like Iowa in that late game, to be honest, uh, against Michigan. But I that one, for me, is, is just hard to pick because um, just some of the weird things about the matchup. But should be a fun slate of games. Uh, with that, I'm going to let you guys go, and we will be back tomorrow to chat about Friday's action and look ahead to Saturday. So thank you, everyone. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at TBendit, and we'll see you next time.